The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are entrepreneurs and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com. I'm delighted today uh, that I'm going to be talking with uh, Chris Crowley about uh, Younger Next Year. And before I do that, I'd like to firstly say a, a big thank you to my guest last week, Dr. Robert Lefevre. He was talking to us about addictions, and it was fascinating that, in his opinion, one in six of us are addicted to something. And it was really inspiring to hear how his own addictive nature, while being a family doctor, was turned into a real strength with him establishing a clinic with 120 staff and 5,000 patients. Uh, this week, I also went to, I went to a conference I've been involved in about trust, and I met up with some of the previous guests from this show, including Paul Dunn, the creator of Buy One, Give One. Um, if, um, if you've not heard the interview that I did with him, uh, do check that out. It's an amazing concept, B1G1, and it's helping many, many um, uh, people around the world uh, charitably. And the show in the archive was on the power of small. I also had the privilege uh, to watch to Stephen M. R. Covey, the author of Speed of Trust, and an extraordinary presentation by Sir Bob Geldof, the Boomtown Rats and Live Aid fame. And uh, Bob created quite a, a bleak picture of the world at the moment. However, I agree with his, uh, his conclusion that the key to solving it is trust. And today I want to talk about a process that I've, and someone that I've really uh, begun to trust. And I would describe his a philosophy as a landmark in my own health and well-being. I've lost a stone in weight, uh, putting myself back into the healthy weight zone. I'm eating much better food. I'm doing more cardiac exercise and I'm doing strength training. Uh, and because the results have been uh, so good, um, I had to track him down and persuade him to join us today. So would you like to put off 70% of the normal problems of aging, such as weakness and sore joints and bad balance, and eliminate 50% of serious illness and injury. In fact, becoming functionally younger every year for the next three to five years and continue to live with newfound vitality and pleasure. And I don't know about you, but I, I've observed the health of many of my elder relatives you know, decline into their older years, and I really don't want to uh, become like that if I can help it. Chris Crowley is the New York Times best-selling co-author, and with leading New York internist Henry S. Lodge, MD, and he, they wrote the Younger Next books, which have sold well over a million copies and been translated into 20 languages. They've been described as the boomer's Bible and the best thing ever written about fitness and wellness. They've become cult books for that generation. And believe me, it's good. I've bought six copies so far that I've sent to clients and friends. In 2013, Chris was also the co-author with Tufts Professor of Nutrition and Muscle Psychology, sorry, Physiology, Jan Satchek, PhD. Um, 
the book Thinner This Year. Thinner This Year looks at the key issues raised in younger, younger next year with emphasis on nutrition and exercise. Maybe one day we'll get Chris back to talk about that as well. Uh, Chris spends most of his time keynote speaking on the revolution in behavior and aging, and he says, which he says is one of the most important things in each of our lives and in the life of the Republic today. The combination of the slot that we eat and our bone idleness is wrecking lives and ruining economy, the economy. We've got to change, he says, and we will. So it's a great pleasure today to welcome Chris Crowley. Good morning, Chris. It's Chris Crowley, actually. Crowley. I'm sorry, Chris. Hey, it's what? the minority pronunciation, but it's Crowley. Chris Crowley. Anyway, Excellent. glad to be here. Excellent. Um, great to uh, speak to you, Chris. And hey, Chris, you, uh, who don't mind me saying, you, you told me that you have your 80th birthday coming up soon. Shocking, I've got to tell you. It's got nothing to do with me. Uh, but yes, next week I turn 80. 80. That's incredible. Looking at you, Chris, I would never have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed myself. You're very kind. <laughs> and also hearing, if you read the activity uh, and some of your blogs about the uh, the distance that you row and cycle and things, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, we're still moving a little, some. <laughs> so do you want to tell me a little bit about your story and how Younger Next Year came about? Oh, wow. Well, most of my life I was a Wall Street lawyer, a trial lawyer at a big law firm. I retired young, which is not a bad idea. And I wanted to write a book. And I thought, you know, the baby boom generation is about 15 years younger than I am. And I thought any book aimed at them is probably not a bad idea. And then I've heard about this basic notion of squaring. I don't know if you can see my hands, but squaring the curve of aging, normal aging. It goes like this. It's a steady decline every year after 50, a little slower, a little fatter, more pain-wracked, sicker, blah, blah, blah. Do some stuff, and you can square that curve. I was fascinated by that. So I went looking for a partner, found Harry Lodge, who's one of the best doctors in the world, and a very good writer, which is rare. Uh, and he and I set to work, and we had great luck. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, very um, great that you found Harry. And uh, you know, I thought one of the things I thought was really beautiful, if you don't mind me saying about the book, was the way that you know, there was your inspiration and you know your, your wisdom of putting some of this into practice. And if you don't mind me saying, you know, so a, a few more years than Harry, and then there's Harry's uh, explanation from a, a sort of biological perspective, which you know really gives some grounded justification to the points you were making. I think we've had, we've had surprising luck with this book. It's been very persuasive for people. People actually change their behavior. I think part of the reason is Harry's stuff. He explains what's going on inside, why it makes a difference to do this stuff. If somebody just yaps at you about, hey, go out and exercise and stop eating crap and whatnot, you think, oh, yeah, more of that. But he tells you in detail what really goes on inside. That's, uh, that's motivational. It is. It is. And what, what problems do you, do you really see that this book you know, really addresses for people and society. Well, Chris, as you know, you know, idleness and sloth and the crap that we eat is making a hash of our lives. Do nothing and you will rot. You really do. People somehow don't focus on that. Think about uh, sarcopenia. Sarcopenia is a word no one even knows. It's the disposition to lose muscle mass at the rate of 5 to 10% a decade. If you lose muscle mass at 5 to 10% a decade, by the time you're 50 or 60, to say nothing of my age, you're going to be a wreck. It's going to be impossible to get out of the car, get out of a, a deep chair, get out of the tub. Uh, you fall down and go boom, you break stuff. It is wild. And you don't have to do that. You can offset it with this exercise stuff. And there's a bunch of stuff. Everything that you don't use rots. All we're really telling you is to use stuff and to quit eating garbage. Eating garbage is the second big one. There are three parts of it, but uh, exercise is the place to start. 
so I think I think people can relate to that. You know, myself in my you know forties, I sort of find that uh, he used to uh, jump out of bed and just can keep keep on going, and then you do that today, and you you know feel more aches and pains, and um, and I yeah, it looks I look at elderly relatives and I see that there's limited movement that some of them end up in, and you know, it's got to be a like a, a second job for us if we're, we're working to you know keep ourselves moving. It is a job. We tell people, hey, look, this. people tend to think of it as a luxury, a, a, a recreation. Well, it's that too, I hope. But, you know, it's your job. It's an important job. And you can, as you say, you know, if you don't do this stuff, you will lose range of motion. Your hips get a little tighter and so on. And then, by gosh, your back goes out. And you're in pain all the time. It's just a curse. And you can offset it by a relatively modest commitment. We tell we, we shock people by telling them, hey, look, it makes a world of sense to work out pretty hard for you six days a week till the day you die. And then if you want to take that day off, that's fine. But six days a week till the day you die. And people are shocked, but it's a modest commitment to have a massive change in the quality of your life. Massive change. Yeah, that's yeah, a big, big commitment, isn't it? Six days. But uh, actually, it's, it's, not, it's not as difficult as you might imagine if you really raise the importance of it somehow. Uh, You've got to reprioritize. You've got to recognize how enormously important it is. And then, once you start doing it, it's A, it's addictive, it's kind of fun, and B, you see the differences so fast, and they're enormous. Whether you're in your 30s or your 80s, the differences in the quality of your life right now, huge. I think the thing for me, yeah, I picked up your book. Um, I, I listened to a CD, actually, with yeah. you being interviewed on it, and... I thought, oh, that's really interesting. And it was at a time when I'd actually put my back out and I was, uh, I was outside and suddenly found myself tapping on the window to, to my wife and son to help because I was stuck and uh, was incapacitated for a few days. And I just thought, oh, gosh, it's, you know, not really having much in the way of back problems, but is this what I'm going to face more regularly? And then listening to that interview and then picking up your book, uh, I realized I had to do something with my back to make sure that I, can, I keep on moving, really. You know, just back stuff alone. Think about this. 80% of the people in America, I don't know about England, but 80% of the people in America have back problems that are bad enough so they go to a doctor. And almost, you know, the, the majority is in pain a lot of the time from back stuff. And guess what? The, and they have operations and all this stuff. The, the real answer to back pain is posture and exercise. And you can do a lot about it just by decent exercise and, and knowing, knowing how to do it. We talk a lot about it in Thinner this year, the new book. So, so what, why six days a week, Chris? Because that's, you know, most people would say uh, three times is, is, uh, is good. And you know, why, why, did you, why did you choose six? Think about it this way. This is a wonderful signaling system inside your body. Billions and billions of signals all day long. You've read about this, so you know, but your audience may not. When you're a kid, the default signal uh, is to grow. Every, every cell is being told all day long to grow. The only choices are grow or atrophy, grow or decay. When you're a kid, the default signal is to grow. When you're 10, turn 32, the thing flips over and the default signal is to decay. So every year you get a little fatter, slower, more pain racked, less amusing, blah, blah, blah. It sets up a tide of aging that wants to make you old and infirm and so on. The trick is to send positive growth signals over the same signaling system. Exercise sends those growth signals. And yet it's a miracle that you can overcome the tide of aging with just an hour a day. The default signal is on 24 hours a day. Uh, I don't know what, how we're gonna get rid of that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 
the decay signal is not 24 hours a day. You can overcome it with 45 minutes or an hour of exercise. It ain't a bad. It ain't a bad investment. No, no. And when you start to do it, you can you start to enjoy it. I think that's. Uh, oh, yeah, you miss it. Yeah, you do. You miss it, and uh, I, I feel guilty. I've had a really, really busy week this week—a long week and traveling. And not quite managed to get it in, but I'm I'm feeling the frustration <laughs> in myself because uh, travel is hard. I do a lot of travel, but you know, work out in hotels, do whatever, because you have more time if you do it. You'll feel better. You'll be more effective. Yeah, I mean, do do you have any tips for people who do have a busy schedule um, besides work out in hotels? I mean, prioritize, prioritize. You know, it's the most important thing in your day, or one of them, anyhow. So get up a little earlier, turn off the TV at night, get up in the morning, go to the hotel gym, do it in your bedroom, whatever, but it's a big part. You know, you're going to do a better job on the road if you do this stuff. You just play an R. Uh, it's, it's an important thing you mentioned about uh, get going to sleep. I mean, do you advocate getting to sleep at a good time? Because I know if I, if I go to bed late, I don't feel like exercise in the morning. Yeah, sleep is hard. You know, all of us have trouble with that. You know, the only tips are to, you know, go bed, go to bed a little earlier, drink a hair less, uh, set aside the time. It's tough. Sleep is a tough one. I agree. Yeah. So, do you find that? I mean, since you've been, you know, really advocating this, have you found that you've slept better as a consequence? Consequence? Yeah, you bet. This exercise—it is across the board. It really is a major thing. Yeah. And what are, what sort of exercise are you doing? Um, See, on the on the aerobic side, you know, that's getting your heart rate up and keeping. The, I do a lot of bicycling, which I like a lot. We have a country place here up in the Berkshire Hills, a couple of hours outside of New York City. I bike a lot. Uh, lately, I've been doing an awful lot of rowing in a single skull. Uh, I do it all. We got to Aspen and downhill ski for six weeks. You know, I'm retired, so we're, we're spoiled. And a lot of cross country, which is a nifty thing, and some hiking. But I can't run anymore. Tragically, my knees get a little bit goofy. But um, but a bunch of those things. Oh, and I, of course, I do some strength training, which I don't. I don't. I'm not crazy about it. it makes, but it makes a huge difference. Strength training is different from aerobics. It does different stuff for you. Mm. I, I've uh, found one thing I've been doing is I've got these laps on my iPad, so I've been doing them around press ups, sit ups, and and squats. And you know, I've been surprised by sort of doing my best to consistently follow that through. And the the programs get you to do more each time. Is you know what what has actually been happening to my body as a consequence? Has that worked for you, Chris? Is that good? Oh, it's really worked for me. Yeah, I'm feeling really uh, toned and looking ah. much more toned. And yeah, I noticed because I've got young children. You know, the yeah. biggest killer for me sometimes is and where the back injury I think comes from is you know carrying a a, a four year old or, or even trying to help an eight year old upstairs when they really don't want to go to bed but have to and they're wiggling around and moving. <laughs> And just carrying that weight, when I find uh, you know I can I can lift my children and play with them uh, much easier from that upper body strength. Sure, you know it's interesting. Now let me just interrupt for a sec. We all think that we throw our backs up by doing you know we slept funny, we pick something up and so on, picked up the kid. But where most back pain comes from and back bad backs is decades of funny posture, decades of not doing enough of the right kind of exercise. I mean, it's, it's picking up the kids too, but basically it's posture and, and, and idleness. It's, it's, um, we're going we're we're to get a commercial break in a, in a couple okay. of seconds. But before we, get, before we go to break, um, I mean, you advocate in terms of that six days, yeah. you, you split it between aerobic and strength. Um, what's, what's your recommendations on that split? 
we think it's a good idea to have four days of aerobic exercise, two days of strength. Aerobic is the flywheel of, if, if there were a silver bullet out there, it would be aerobic exercise. That's the biking and the rowing and the cross-country skiing. And then two days of strength with weights or, or gadgets, whatever it is. I, 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 and what are, what, what are the other principles? You have a few more principles in the book. <laughs> there are three big ones, right? Exercise is the flywheel. That's the most important one. The second one is don't eat crap. You can't. Uh, you don't want to eat garbage. You don't want to get fat. You don't want to be overweight if you can possibly help it. And the third one is to be connected and committed to other people, to be involved. We're designed to be involved with other people. We get isolated at our peril. You have to care about stuff or you atrophy. It's interesting. Well, we're going to go to our first commercial break now. We'll be back again in, in just a few minutes, and we'll find out more about um, Chris and Harry's philosophy uh, from Younger next year. So I'll speak to you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Chris uh, Crowley. Um, we're talking about Younger Next Year. And, and Chris, you... You explained to us earlier that you're in a few days you're you're turning eighty, and I, I thought it'd be just really interesting for you to explain a little bit about you know your results and uh, and, and some of the feedback that you've had on on your own kind of physiology um, at your age, because there's really interesting sort of statistics about you know your kind of physical age and and the likes. So do you want to just share us a little bit about that because it might inspire people? 
Well, you know, it's, it is interesting. I'm an indifferent, I'm a terrible athlete, actually. Uh, so it's not, you know, this is not about being an athlete. It's about quality of life and whatnot. I've been a pretty good kid about the exercise for quite a while now, certainly for a decade, a little longer. And the, and I'm not perfect about the food, and uh, and I will have the occasional martini, which is an outrage. Um, but it works surprisingly well. I'm going to be 80 next week. And most people my age hurt. Most people my age can't do stuff. I don't hurt any place. My hips don't hurt. My feet don't hurt. My shoulders don't hurt. That doesn't sound like much to you because yours probably don't either. But most people my age, let me tell you, they're walking pain machines. and They're having a nice time. And at my tender age, as rotten an athlete as I am, I'm still skiing the double black diamonds out in Aspen. I'm going to, I told you when we were off camera, that I'm going to row the head of the Charles, which is a three-mile uh, single skull rowing race in October. Um, I, I bike an awful lot. Again, it's not about being an athlete, but just the fact that one is able to do this and feel. We say in the cover of the book, you know, you live like eighty to live like fifty till you're eighty and beyond. Well, that's pretty much true. Not a hundred percent, but you can be very much the same man or woman you were at fifty when you're eighty. That's pretty good. You no, know, there is aging. There is that thirty percent. You lose your maximum heart rate goes down. There's less oxygen going to your body. Blah blah blah. Uh, too bad. But seventy percent, you know, that's pretty good. And the difference. I look at my pals, my contemporaries. A bunch of them are dead for one thing. That's too bad. Uh, but the ones who aren't, uh, there's a fork in the road. And the ones who do this stuff are just plain different from the ones who don't. It's easier to see it when you get up in your seventies. But I got to tell you, I think it's just as important all the way through. I try to persuade people. Hey, look, if you can develop these habits in your thirties and forties, oh boy, you'll be a much more effective. Uh, energetic, optimistic, uh, effective uh, woman or man in your work, in your private life, etc. It's just, you know, it's, a, it's bedrock stuff. It's just too important not to do. I know I get up on the, on the speaker's box and what I'm hammer on, but boy, it's important. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, it's something that we, we can learn, you know, start to do from a young age. And if we can keep it going, we can enjoy this. Uh, Hopefully, a wonderful future. But you, what was interesting? Something I picked up, and you said you've been doing this for about a decade. So, I've always act, I've always been fairly active. I was always worked out two or three days a week, which is more than most people do. But once I get into this book, and Harry and I get to talking about it, thought about the six uh, the six times a week. Well, I've been doing that pretty religiously. Uh, and oh boy, it's. Uh, you know, we hear back from so many readers. We had an enormous response. Every week someone writes, as you did, said, hey, man, you changed my life. You said it was a landmark in my life. Well, that's a wonderful phrase. We get them all the time. People say, hey, this changed my life. I got to tell you, this is fun. It's worth it. Uh, it's hard, you know, get out of bed six days a week, go do this stuff. So worth it. Changed my life. We hear it all the time. What we say to people, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, there's, there's maybe people listening here who might be, you know, in their in their sixties or seventy, and actually thinking, well, I'm, you know, I'm actually it's a bit too late for me. I've missed the boat because they're aching. And what would you say to those people? Not a, it's, it's, it's certainly not too late. You're as young as you're going to get uh, unless you start doing this stuff. Start today. You know, there are different levels to do all this stuff. Some people come to it late in life, and it makes a huge difference. It's a good idea to do it as, as young as you can, but you're, if you're 70 today, you are as young as you can. Uh, start anytime. It'll have a massive impact. Here's an interesting statistic. 
A guy in his 60s who's in rotten shape can double the strength in his legs in six weeks of working out. That's an amazing number. Uh, I can explain it if you're interested at all, but you can double the strength in your legs in six weeks of doing some strength training. Wow! You know, not having strength in your legs is the thing that makes you fall down, you can't get around, you're more prone to accidents, all kinds. It's a huge difference. Six weeks, holy moly. Yeah, yeah. I find it very interesting, and I mentioned about the, you know, I was doing press-ups and things like that, and about probably when I started, maybe three months ago, four months ago, I could just about do 10, and, and now I can do, in a sort of a set, in one go I can do 40, but in a, in a, in a in probably in, Ten minutes, I can probably do 120 or 30, quite quite comfortably. Uh, but you know, look at it in three months. You know, I must have significantly in- increased the strength of those muscles to be able to do that. You did two things. It's interesting. This is an l- interesting sidelight. People, most by and large, we don't know how important the signaling system inside our bodies is. The signals that tell you to move in a certain way, the pathways that have you do all this stuff, they atrophy too. When I said that you can double the strength in your legs in six weeks, during the first four weeks of that time, the only thing you're doing is refreshing the signaling system. Isn't that interesting? You start to build muscle toward the end of that period, but the major change right off the bat is you'll wake up the old signaling system. Same with your abs, uh, same with anything. Signaling system, very, very important. The reason we lose balance, proprioception, and coordination is because the signaling system's gone to hell. Strength training fixes that, or does a lot to fix it. Uh, so, 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 so that's why you, you say we should combine aerobic and we should, uh, we should uh, uh, include strength training. So uh, do, you, do you have any, um, how much would you recommend people do when they're doing, say, the aerobic elements, and then maybe um, we can move on to the strength and get a sense of, here. Let's look at some juncture of why you need both. But in terms of how long to do it, uh, oh, if you can find 45 minutes a day for this stuff, both strength and uh, aerobics, that's fine. I do a little more because once I get out of my bike, you know, I'm tempted to keep on going a little bit. But 45 minutes is fine. Uh, it doesn't have to be a one go either, oddly enough, which I'm surprised by. But uh, uh, 45 minutes, four days a week, maybe an hour, but uh, like that's a good idea. And the ditto on the strength stuff. And what about... For me, I was on holiday recently, and the first week I, I went out and did my six six days in the week, and, and I actually, because I was in a nice place in the south of England, I, I ran, and one of the days I was just enjoying it, so I ran for two hours. Right. I, is that okay, or is that um, sure. making it harder for me to do six days the following week? <laughs> Oh, no, no. I think, in fact, we suggest that that's a good idea. Have a long, slow day. Take a long bike ride. Go out for two, four hours, whatever you want. Uh, you don't want to get hospitalized. You don't work out the rest of the week. But if you can do a couple hours, you bet. I do that routinely. So, so why it's are you fun. You mentioned that about, you know, doing, it's, it's important to do both. So why is let's, it important to Let's do talk both? about that. This is an important point, Chris, if I may, for a sec. Aerobics uh, is the silver bullet. Aerobic has everything to do with health issues. We say that you can avoid 50% of uh, major illnesses and accidents. On the illness thing, we're talking heart attacks and strokes, adult onset diabetes, Alzheimer's, cancers, all kinds of deadly serious stuff. 50% reduction, huge deal. And all of that really is from the uh, aerobics side. Aerobics improves your circulation, changes the chemistry of your blood when you're working out, all kinds of stuff. That has to do with the health. It's more important than anything. It's the silver bullet, as I say. However... Strength training probably has more to do with quality of life than anything else. Strength training 
helps you to maintain your balance, coordination, proprioception, that's your sense of where you are on Earth, um, all that important stuff. Uh, it, range of motion, you know, we, as you get older, if you don't do stuff, you lose range of motion in your hips, your arms, and so on and so forth. You don't have to do that. And it leads to falls and all those other things. Strengthening also is an antidote to pain. You know, a lot of people as they get older have pain in their joints. Strengthening is an antidote to that. Big, big deal. Uh, strengthening is, is different. You have to do both. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, yeah, that makes uh, makes an awful lot of lot of sense. Um, but you also advise that something I thought was was very interesting as well was the if if you stick to say an aerobic, you stick and you just run. It's, yeah. it's just those muscles that you use for running that get fit, and the others don't. So you you kind of advise mixing it up a bit, don't you? It's a good idea to mix it up. You know. In the new book, Thinner, we have an awful, uh, we have a nifty long exercise section, strength training sections, warm-ups and so on. It is tempting to get into a rut and do the same thing. I bike a lot, uh, which is the same, you know, you're on the same axis all the time. I have a leg press machine, which is the same axis, thanks. Um, and my, as a result of that stuff, the leg press machine and the biking, my quads, the big muscles in the front of your thighs, are very strong. However, the little muscles that hold you together, that uh, you use for range of motion stuff, were atrophying. And I had a serious physical problem. You got to do the range of motion stuff as well as the big muscles. You got to try different stuff. Yeah, give me tips on how best to go about strength training, because that was a you know question mark. And I still need to do some research into that. So I've got my little my little apps, and I do have some weights, but I, I feel I need a bit of guidance on it. What, what are your thoughts Chris, on that? You haven't gotten to the end of Thinner yet, but at the end of Thinner, if I may give it a plug, there's some wonderful stuff on how to do strength training. Here's a, a, just a quick run-through. You want to do whole body training. You want to do stuff that almost every ex- exercise involves your whole core. Your core is from your legs to your arms. And it's not just your abs, the six-pack in front. It's all this whole bunch of muscles that constitute your core, your torso. You want to do you know, almost every exercise should do your core as well as whatever else. Uh, whole body exercises are... Oh, you take a cord and you rotate your, you know, you're doing a, a pull-up or a side twist or whatever, but you're doing your core at the same time. Your sit-ups do part of that. Uh, um, I can't give other exercises, but doing machines is not as good as free weights. Free weights have the advantage that you have to use balance and your core. The, the machines take the balance out. They balance it for you, typically. And they're kind of fun because they're easier and so on. Better to do free weights because then you're using your whole core when you're doing this stuff. There's a bunch of other tips, but there's a couple of them. So, so would you advise you know using free weights in the gym or maybe investing in someone and working out at home? Oh, take it, you know, whatever you like. Some people hate the gym, some people like it. I rather like it, but you know, a lot of people hate it. If you can get yourself some weights at home, this is not rocket science. It's very important to do strength training correctly. Do it incorrectly. Do it with bad posture. And you can do more harm than good. But doing it right, you're sure you can do it at home. I've got a, we're up in the country where there's no gym uh, a lot of the time. And I've got a barn out back. We've got, you know, a bunch of free weights and some other stuff, a couple of machines, but mostly free stuff. You can do it anywhere. This is, uh, you don't need a lot of expenses. You don't need a gym. Just do it. One of the things that's nice about a gym, you have a place to go. It's sort of like your job. Uh, you go report to the gym. You give some structure to your workouts. But some people don't like that. If you don't like it, do it at home. Just do it. 
Excellent. There's a, there's a nice little tip. When I, when I was researching for my book, which is about uh, you know, sort of the power to get things done, whether you feel like it or not, there was uh, somebody we did a little research into. He had a tip to go to the gym and to make sure that he went each day. And what he did was he hired a locker at his gym. He got rid of all of his deodorants but one. He kept <laughs> it in his locker at the gym. And if he, if he didn't go to the gym, he would go to work and he'd stink. <laughs> <laughs> That's very amusing. One thing that works very well, but it's awful expensive, is to hire a trainer. If you get a good trainer, that's great. A, to show you how to do all this stuff, and B, to motivate you to go. But it's a lot of dough, as you know. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, are you, what are your thoughts on supplements? Because there's all these uh, different things people can take to build kind of muscle or vitamin pills and what, what have you. And there's a huge industry around it. Do you use supplements? Do you recommend them or, or not? Oh, no, no, don't do it. <laughs> and it the people that I wrote these books with, you know, it's not me. These people are very bright people. Jen, the professor from Tufts, which is the leading U.S. nutrition school, she's just a rock, sign, a rock star in this field. And she's not conf- confrontational the way I am, but uh, she says urgently that it doesn't make sense to use supplements or, or vitamins. It's just not a good idea. But better to get it from your food. Huh, yeah, sure. I, I can't. Your pictures just gone off. I assume we're still. Uh, yeah, we're still going. Okie dokie. Uh, she thinks that look, it's a twelve billion dollar industry or bigger. I forget what the number is, but it's enormous. Harry says it's useless to talk to people about supplements. He says that it's just a waste of money. All you do with supplements is get more expensive urine. But it's like religious belief. People love to take pills, and I suspect we're not going to wean them away. But the money you spend on supplements and the money you spend on one-a-day vitamins is wasted. It's just down the rat hole. Take that dose, save it up, buy yourself a good bike, or hire a trainer and go to the gym. Uh, The way to get the kind of nutrients that you need is to eat a balanced diet of good stuff. Easy peasy. And do you, uh, do you have any recommendations on, on what we should be eating? <laughs> well, sure. Uh, again, I'm not the expert on this stuff. Jen is, but I spent a long time sitting with her trying to learn about this stuff. What you want, you know, there's, here's the interesting background piece. We need nutrients. Nutrients are vitamins and minerals that you get in food. Every single molecule in our bodies needs a nutrient to work properly. And you can't, we don't make them in our bodies. You have to eat them. Uh, you can limp along and it'll, stuff will work, but it won't work right. To work right, your body needs nutrients. And the vast majority of the food that we eat in the United States, and I bet in England too, is nutrient-free. It's what we call dead food. All those prepared foods in the middle of the supermarket, all those combined things with, that are full of sugar and salt and fat and whatnot, they don't have any nutrients at all. They take them all out. All that white rice, all that uh, uh, white bread, uh, all the stuff made from refined flour and refined sugar has no nutrients. It's just the missing the key stuff. Uh, it makes a lot of sense not to eat the white stuff if you can bear it. I love it, but it's a good idea to drop the white bread, all of the milled flour products, which is almost everything, by the way, and refined sugar and white rice, even my beloved pasta. It's a good idea to eat, have half the stuff by volume on your plate ought to be vegetables, fruit and veg, uh, a quarter of it uh, unrefined grains, you know, brown rice, farro, stuff like that, uh, and the other is some kind of protein, fish, meat, whatever you like. Uh, but that kind of a balance with a range of vegetables and fruits and stuff, that'll do the job. And don't worry about the supplements. You don't need iron supplements. You don't need the protein supplements. All that stuff is just money down the rat hole. People won't believe me, but it's just plain true. 
eat right, work out, it'll work fine. It's quite a, quite a big uh, sort of habit change, isn't it? Because we, ah. we, we develop our, our patterns. Actually, some people might be stuck thinking, well, you know, we just told me I can't eat rice, pasta, or bread. Yeah. You know, what's left? Nothing, nothing. Your life is a horror. Uh, I understand. It's awful hard. I'm, uh, you know, I'm not perfect at this. Lord knows. I still just love white bread. I mean, a fresh baguette with butter. Oh, yum. And I still eat it. Too bad. But it's still true that it doesn't make sense. If you can eat the other stuff, you know, you've got to have a balance. You can't go crazy. Uh, but if you can get oriented toward much, many more vegetables, vegetables, awful good idea. Uh, and a little less sugar and whatnot. That's a, go look at the list of ingredients. I don't know if it's the same thing, but I bet it is. Go look at the list of ingredients on the back of prepared foods. Wow. The level of sugar in almost everything. Catch it. All kinds of stuff. Hamburger rolls full of sugar. It's the oddest thing in the world. Don't eat prepared foods. Get real veg. Get real meat and stuff. Get uh, real fruit. Good idea. I'm surprised with, you know, occasionally if I find myself having a, a, a microwave meal, just how salty it is, um, yeah. how much is added, added to it. Uh, I don't know about you, I, I sort of find now, you know, making, eating more fresh fruits and, and eating more different, we always eat a lot of vegetable anyway, my wife's vegetarian, we just eat, eat uh, fish, um, but uh, there's something... I don't know, there's sort of something really good about eating that food. It's sort of enjoyable, and you, the more you start to eat of it, the more you start to enjoy the different taste and texture of it. Um, or, here's, here's, here's an interesting point to make. Uh, think about this. In the United States, 35% of our caloric intake, each of us as a, as a nation, 35% of our caloric intake is just sugar and fat that is added to prepared foods. 35% of the nutrients we get is added sugar and fat in prepared foods. Stuff that's no good for you. And they don't get any of that in the in the real real veg and the real proteins. Yeah, yeah. We're going to get a commercial break again. And after the break, we shall come back. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, food. And then we'll have a, a conversation about some of these other areas that Chris mentioned about caring and connecting and committing and those sorts of things. So we'll be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Chris Crowley. We're talking about Younger Next Year. And uh, Chris, uh, before the break, we were talking about eating less, uh, less crap food and, uh, and the sort of foods that we should be eating. Uh, do you have any top tips for weaning yourself off the wrong food? Because it's, you know, when you sort of get into maybe you've been a bit of fast food and you're busy and... Um, any thoughts on what we can do to uh, make that transition? It's so darn hard. You know, what? one thing that's a good idea is to have a couple of meatless days uh, when you're just having veg. That, if surprisingly satisfying, that helps a little bit. It also helps to know how important it is to get rid of some of that fat. Just take a second. This is interesting stuff. If you're carrying around some some belly fat, uh, we think of it as sort of an inert substance. That's not quite true. It turns out, we talked about the signaling system, uh, fat sends out inflammatory signals, which are a tremendous source of illness. They really, really are. Carrying around, especially belly fat, which is right down near a bunch of important organs, is a great source of sickness. It's making you ill more than almost anything. Muscle, on the other hand, sends out anti-inflammatory signals. I should back up and say that inflammation is the great Satan inside our bodies. Inflammation is the stuff that makes us sick and eventually kills us dead. Too bad. Uh, But fat is a great source of inflammation. Muscle is anti-inflammatory. There's a little war going on inside your body between muscle and fat. You want to be on the muscle side because you don't want inflammation to win. So that that muscle, when it's... uh if, if it's declining, it does it does it go to fats? Uh, Doesn't quite turn into fat, but it's interesting. Look in the look in the thinner book. There's a picture of a of three legs. Uh, there's a young woman's you know an MRI of a young woman's thigh, and it's uh, almost there's a little layer of subcutaneous fat, and then a big layer of muscle than the bone. And then there's a picture of a unfit woman in her mid sixties, and it's a scary picture. It looks like the worst steak you ever saw in your life. A third of it is fat, and the muscle is all interlarded with fat, like the worst steak in your life. The third picture is an MRI of my adorable little leg, and there's not much fat in it, despite my enormous age. And it's just because if you use it, it doesn't have this buildup of fat. It's sarcopenia, as I say, the disposition to lose muscle mass at the rate of 5 to 10% a decade. It's one of the most important things going on in your body, and it's all bad, and you don't have to have it. But the only way to avoid it, the only way to avoid it is by working out. It ain't pills, it ain't supplements, it ain't what you eat even. Uh, it's a question of working out. But other fats, the stuff that you add on, the stuff that you lug around, the, 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 especially the belly fat, that you don't want either. That, too, is a great source of inflammation. 
and but you know, I think some people um, kind of kind of overexercise and you know reduce their food intake and get very thin because they think fat's not not good or you know maybe they've got some uh, some kind of an illness or something. But actually, we do need some fat, don't we? So there's there's not a balance here that we need to uh, strive to achieve. If I may say so, over-exercising and getting too thin is not the national problem in the United States. I bet it's not there either. <laughs> that is a minority problem. It's a minority that's, problem, that's, yeah. that's under the heading of happy problems. Uh, but yeah, of course you need to eat some fat. you got to eat, you know, our diet here is 39% fat. It ought to be, oh, 25%, but you certainly have to have a lot of fat. Fat, all of the, the, the walls of your cells are made from fat. You know, you got to have fat to sit on. Of course you have to have fat, but less is probably not a bad idea. There's an endless battle amongst experts between more fat, less fat, and so on. My recommendation after hearing all this stuff is some fat, you know, maybe a third of what you eat, maybe a little less. Uh, but yeah, of course you have to have some. So, 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 so let's, let's move on from there. Let's talk about uh, some of the other principles in the book. And you, you talked about caring and connecting and, and committing. Do you want to share a little bit about those and start with caring first and why why that's so important to help you stay younger next year, become younger next year. In a way, that's one of the most interesting things in the, in the book, Younger, the, younger the Next Year. We are, uh, as an evolutionary matter, we're designed to work in packs and herds, and as I always say, law firms. Uh, we're designed to work in groups, and when we get isolated, uh, it's bad for us. Being connected sends good signals, just the way exercise sends good signals. Being involved with others, caring about stuff, for some reason or other, sends these affirmative signals that, that make you live better. People who get older, it's a great temptation, especially for men uh, in retirement to get isolated and cut off from others. Bad idea. They get sick and die. You want to continue to be involved and be part of humanity. You want to care about stuff. People have got stuff to do and do stuff with others who are involved. Very lucky. You may or may not like your job, but it is a stew of connectedness, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, you want to have that kind of connection all your life. And if you, have, if you have an affirmative connection, if you have, you know, good family life, good marriage, et cetera, et cetera, big, big deal has a huge impact on health. Just selfishly, it's a good idea to be involved in stuff and, and care about other people. It's an odd thing, but true. So, so one of the things I notice with sometimes with uh, you know with with older people is that as you say they start to they start to sort of move in on themselves and you know the networks maybe get smaller and it's almost as though you know, the world starts to get smaller because they think oh, I'm getting older I don't want to get get out in the car and travel or you know I'm, I'm getting a bit too old to do longer haul holidays or. Uh, and you sometimes sort of see that the, the the world starts to get smaller and smaller and start to gravitate more towards the home. Um, I mean, do you have any? I guess that you know can result in more isolation and less connection. Sure. All I can say is it's a terrible idea. As uh, you know, you have to make a conscious effort to get out, and be involved, meet new people, replace the old ones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Big deal. Um, and as you get older, there's a temptation to be just with your own people and turn inward and spend more time alone. Don't do it. It's, uh, it's not good for you. So your next other book, uh, Thinner This Year, that, that's, yeah. it's got an interesting title, Thinner This Year. And I must admit, when I sort of uh, picked up, I thought, actually, I do want to get a bit thinner, um, but is this a diet book? I mean, is it a diet book or is it, for, is it much more than that? 
I can, my co-author and I both hate the title. The publishers picked the title. It's not about being thinner next year. It's about being fit next year. It's about the whole life. A third of it is just about exercise. Uh, it's a it's a whole life regimen. You ought to. It makes sense for a lot of us in the states and probably there. It makes sense for a lot of us to make fundamental changes in the way we eat, partly to lose weight and partly just for nutrition and so on. It makes sense to exercise much more. There's a whole behavioral pattern that we could all benefit from. It's about that. It's the it's the how-to book for being younger next year. It tells you a lot of stuff about uh, diet and also uh, tremendously useful stuff about how to exercise. We're all, we all have a pretty good idea about how to do aerobic exercise, but a lot of us don't know how to do the strength training. And that's, as I said, do it wrong and you can do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. And what's, what's, next, what's next for you, Chris? Is there another book in the pipeline? Oh, I'm having such fun. You know, I, enjoy, I enjoy writing, and I've almost finished one of my great projects for my 80th, and now that I'm going to be 80 years old, I want to, my first book came out when I was 70 and did awful darn well. I want to have my first novel come out when I'm 80, and I'm almost done with it. <laughs> so your first novel come out when you're 80, and then yep. the second, second when you're 90? Or? We'll see about that. We're, uh, we're trying to do this one first. We'll see. <laughs> uh, done. I mean, how have you... With with everything you you've uh, you know you've done and all the exercise and, and everything, you need, you must have a you know physiology of of someone who's uh, who's quite a lot younger. I mean, what what is the I'm saying there? What what is the sort of prognosis in terms of you know life expectancy and things of of people who really do exercise this, more and do follow this kind of a, a process? This kind of stuff has some impact on life expectancy, but. In general, how long you live is more a matter of your genes. It's maybe 80% genes. How well you live, the quality of your life is 80% you and only 20% genes. So this stuff is primarily about quality of life, not length of life. Although you will pick up a few years, which at my age I can use. That's not a bad idea. But quality of life, you know, think about it. We, I was boasting about this earlier. You know, at my tender age, I'm still, I'm a terrible skier, but I do it all the time. I'm still skiing the double black diamonds out in Aspen. That's fun. Uh, and it's just because I'm doing all this dreary exercise. I, I can bike 100 miles without falling on my face. Uh, I'm going to row this race in, on the Charles River in Cambridge in next month. You know, most people my age just aren't doing that. Uh, and it's, it's no miracle. It's just the simple business of keeping your body from aging, sending out those growth signals over the same signaling system, big, big deal. But the difference in quality of life is just enormous, just enormous. <laughs> Sorry about that. I You're probably the guy. And, and, I mean, what is your, I mean, we've just got a, a, a sort of few minutes till close now, but I mean, yep. do, do you have any final messages that you you know, really like to leave as well? <laughs> you bet I do. This stuff that we've been talking about, exercise and other behavioral change, you know, it's so easy to just sort of screen it out. But I got to tell you, it's one of the most important things in all of our lives. Profound changes in the quality of your life, a lot more fun, a lot more energetic, a lot less sick. Uh, it makes me nuts that in the States, at least, so many people don't really do this. I just can't beat the drum hard enough. It's, it's funny. It's as if you've, you, you know, you've seen the future and you know it's right and you can't get everybody to do it. But, 
boy, oh boy. Give it some thought. Get your mitts on these books. We don't make much money selling books, but you know, read this thing. It's a, it's a very important message. Especially as you get older, it's a, it may be the most important thing you do is the exercise stuff and quality of life stuff. And you know, ultimately, when you ask people what is it they're, they're wanting from their life, it's uh, most people say it's happiness. And uh, you know, it feels to me, you know, adopting a new a new lifestyle and way of doing things, um, you know, as you propose in the book, you know, has a major uh, impact on on your happiness and your your well being long into your later years, um, sure. and must have a huge consequence on the you know, the cost of healthcare. You know. Oh. You know, there's all these ad on, ads on American TV for uh, Lipitor and this and that and uh, Viagra and pills and all that stuff. There ought to be a guy, the government ought to pay people to stand on every corner and sing this message all day long. There ought to be ads every night on TV saying, get up, go out the door, throw your leg over your bicycle. It'll do more than all the pills that you'll see in these ads that are coming on next. Uh, of course, it'll make a huge difference in, as a matter of the life and health of the Republic, but more importantly for your listeners, it's so important to us as individuals, to our happiness, our health. When your health goes to pieces, let me tell you, happiness goes right behind it. It ain't no fun to be in bum health. And bad health is a natural consequence of in- inactivity and eating slop. Um, do this stuff and your life's going to be more fun, man. That's what you want. You're happier, way happier. Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And uh, I hope you have a wonderful 80th birthday next week. I believe Boy. you a celebration going on. Oh, yeah, big. So I wish, wish you all the very best. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. And you're very welcome. If you want to find out more about Younger Next Year and also Thinner This Year, go to www.youngernextyear.com and uh, a great website there with lots of information. And on next week's show, I'm, I'm really delighted to welcome uh, Debbie McAndrew onto the show. And Debbie is... Uh, a former TV star. She was on a show called Coronation Street, which was very, was very big in the UK, been going for years. Uh, and uh, she's also um, been extensively on the radio, and she's now a playwright. And we're going to talk about, um, about sort of changing uh, careers and changing direction, but also lots of lessons and tips that are really helpful for us business people from the, the world of theatre and, uh, and the lessons that she's had with uh, putting on productions and standing in front of audiences and uh, some great tips that we can take away. Uh, and also, she just happens, it's the first time ever on my show, she, we're actually related. So if you look at the pictures, you might even see a slight family resemblance. So uh, that'll be a fascinating kind of show for me to do as well next uh, week. So I wish you all a tremendous uh, week. And I um, thank once again uh, Chris Crowley and uh, look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your week.